Welcome everyone to the High Ground Podcast. I am Darth Chaco, your host, and I'm super excited because we are going to be talking about the movie that started it all. We're going back to 1977. We're talking about Star Wars, later renamed A New Hope. Um, as usual, I do have an awesome group of people um, that will be talking about it. So yeah, sit back and enjoy right here on the High Ground. All right. Hello. Thank you guys for joining. I have uh, two first timers on this show, uh, but who are definitely not strangers to podcasting, um, as well as we're going to have another person join. Um, he's running a little bit late. So yeah, we'll be up here in a little bit, but I will start by having us go around the room and have everyone introduce and say who you are, where we can find your amazing content. And you have to pick a Star Wars era to live in. What era is it, and what do you do? Um, yeah, I will, I'll start with uh, Han first. Cool, because Han talks first, right? Uh, hey, guys. <laughs> uh, my name's Han. I, I'm also a Star Wars podcaster. I met Chaco a while ago. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, yeah, you've been on we met in real life uh, recently, too. <laughs> yes, it was so good just randomly bumping into you at Celebration. Um, it, it made my day for that that little panel you were in um but yeah I, you guys can find me at han talks first any podcast distributor or my youtube page i go live every once in a while really loving what's happening with obi-wan right now um but yeah just follow star wars podcaster if i had to choose an era of star wars to live in i think i would want it to be the prequel era simply because just the potential of maybe i could get into the jedi academy and learn to become a Jedi, and also just the aesthetic of that world on Coruscant and the world building that was done in those movies. I feel like you could go anywhere. So that would be my era. Nice. I like it. And uh, Jessica? Hi, I'm Jessica, and I am a co-host on A Certain Point of View podcast. Um, and we have, we're on all the places you can listen to podcasts as well as um one of the hosts michael he runs our twitter account i do the instagram um and then we do a tiktok as well so nice yep always awesome to see you guys uh pop up and had a, a blast talking uh talking your podcast as well yeah it was so fun i was so glad that i got to be on that one yeah. <laughs> um but and era Ooh. I'm such an indecisive person. Um, I'm going to go even before prequels, and I'm going to do Old Republic. Um, and just because, I don't know, I think it'd be fun. A lot of lore. Who knows? Who knows what you could be back then? So that's what I pick. I like it. And we have a latecomer with obi Shine. Hey, guys. I'm late. No worries, we are live, but I wanted to start, and you, you, you joined just the right time for me to ask, um, you know, who you are, where we can find your content, and if you were um, in the Star Wars universe, what era would you live in, and what would you do? Um, uh, so my name is Sean, uh, aka ob.sean underscore Kenobi at TikTok, uh, that's where I most 
um, around. And then I also have a YouTube channel and uh, Instagram under the same name. Um, and then if I were to live in a certain era of, of uh, Star Wars, I'd probably want to find a like non-war era. <laughs> um, you know, just not engaged in any type of conflict. Um, you know, I, I hear moisture farming is pretty lucrative. I'd probably be a farmer of some type. You know, pull a Galen or so and just dip out into the middle of, of nowhere. <laughs> farming? A man of your talents? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I... I don't want to be a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Even farming, well, you you never know. Like, if your farm is right, because uh, like Embo became a farmer, and he's like a badass bounty hunter. Uh, so you, yeah, you you never know. Um, I have uh, Vivian Baki in the chat saying Star Wars Rebels era, living the ghost with the family. That might be pretty sweet. Um, Nathan Wardrip. Uh, New Republic era, probably system security or bounty hunting. And uh, Jordy Jedi, I would like to live in the High Republic era, to be honest. Uh, I would feel sort of protected. <laughs> Love to be a senator. <laughs> That's also what where I would put for largely the same reason. Yes, there might be random Nile attacks. Yes, something might fall out of hyperspace and just like obliterate, uh, you know, wherever I live or whatever. But you know what? All eras are terrifying in Star Wars. Uh, let's just let's just put it that way. I would hope to be a Jedi, but I don't know. Who, who knows? Um, but awesome. Yeah, thank you guys for, for joining. Uh, has everyone got a chance to see Obi-Wan episode five yet? Yep, watched yes. it this morning. Awesome. All right, so before we jump into A New Hope, I like to talk about whatever news or, or things that have been coming out. It's not a lot of news, but we got Obi-Wan Episode 5. Your guys' thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll just open a panel. Go. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. What was your favorite part? Ooh, uh, the flashbacks, for sure. <laughs> I love the prequels. I mean, I love every Star Wars, everything. Um, I'm one of those people. Um, and so it just, I don't know, it just made my heart so happy just to kind of see um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, even though it's like such a sad time for them because of what Obi-Wan's going through and what he's remembering, you know, teaching Anakin and thinking you know, this is how he was then, this is what he's going to do now, kind of planning his moves. But um, I don't know, it was just, it was good to finally see, like, actually be Hayden, for me, at least, so. Yeah, and man, Hayden can still move, man. Like, those guys are starting to get up there, and uh, he's playing his, you know, 19-year-old self at, at the age of 40, and he's still, he's still going for it. Um, what are your thoughts, on? I will say seeing them like, you know, fighting again and being a very active and against each other, it, it just took me back to those prequel days. So that was cool to see as well. Um, to be quite honest, you know, the after the first three episodes, it's kind of gone down in my enjoyment for me. I thought this week's episode was significantly better than uh, last week's. Um, but there's part of it that just kind of for me uh, have... Uh, pragmatic issues um and it's just kind of as like defining like what exactly 
this show is supposed to be for me you know when you hear obi-wan kenobi I, I think of it as like a character study about a a veteran just uh, trying to mm -hmm. cope with what's going on and stuff and there's a part of me that just kind of feels like in episode four and five we kind of lost obi-wan's story and i understand you got to focus on reva and some of the other characters a little bit but it was it was a step up from last week I really enjoyed the first three. I don't want people to think that I just hate the show. Um, and I really think next week's going to deliver. There was some talk. It's 93 minutes long, so it'll be a long episode. Ooh. But I'm still hyped to see what's going to happen next week. But overall, that's mm -hmm. kind of my thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Um Like some other creators have said, it's, you know, it's a, a study in patience. I think um, a lot of things that a lot of people were griping about uh, were paid off in this episode. And I also think that that's going to pay off in the next episode as well. And it's going to hone back in on Obi-Wan uh, towards the end. Um, I love the kind of chess match between um, Vader and Obi-Wan and the way that Deborah Child kind of just juxtaposes the, the two of them on film in certain scenes, like the back to tank. And then in this episode, going between them via flashbacks and uh, the current time was really cool to see. Um, I, I knew Quizzy was going to come back in some way. And um, I thought the way he appeared um, was exactly what I thought. Uh, was going to happen so um i'm glad that paid off as well yeah we got a lot of payoff from uh from the previous you know four episodes and i i i still laugh about thinking about uh about quizzy right the grand inquisitor is on the ship with him but he's like hiding in a closet because so like <laughs> Reaper doesn't see him and he has a little little like uh beeper for Brady to be like hide all right all right come down we're gonna surprise you right now like I don't know, I just I just picture that weird like between the scenes thing. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, I was also sad to see um, Tala and Ned B go, but you know I thought it was in inevitable for at least one of them, or if not both. But it was cool to see Ned B again before his uh, epic send off. Yeah, and uh, I mean it, it gives you that droid love, you know, because it, it was all about the action. So he couldn't speak, but he still he still loved him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, do you, uh, Han, Jessica, any further, any further thoughts, any other things you wanted to bring about, bring out about the episode? Um, I really like Reva. <laughs> um, I like her character and I know she's been getting a lot of flack, but I don't know. I just, I like her attitude and I just really like how she was trying to, in her mind, trying to outsmart Vader, which you really can't do. Um, and so I love that twist in this episode. It was, it was so entertaining and, um, I don't know. It's exactly what I wanted, I feel like to happen. So I really enjoyed that. I mean, she just had like, just it, like such great energy. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I will. Oh, good. Oh, I'll just say, you know, it's, it was really nice to kind of get a sense of, Deborah Chow as a visionary director and kind of doing her own thing because um, I did like her episodes in Mandalorian and I was a little hesitant when it was announced she was doing her own the whole season um, but I, I tell you she really impressed me you know that first episode to me was incredible and I think she's doing a good job it's nice to see her touch on Star Wars and these characters I think she's doing a good job yeah uh, I agreed, and 
I, I did not need to see that like visceral of a portrayal of Order 66. Um, <laughs> that has, you know, we always know knew what Anakin did, but like it was it was rough to see <laughs> to see it like that. Like, yeah, he's a I'm sure dude. I'm sure Theory enjoyed it. it it was uh yeah it was it was it was rough um also well i'll save more of the rest for my breakdown which i'm going to be working on tonight after this Uh, there's a few cool little easter eggs i think i've I've noticed we'll see if i can get it out before everyone else covers the same thing but let's move into the actual uh meat and potatoes here let's talk a new hope the one that started it all um I know every episode of uh, From a Certain Point of View podcast, Jessica mentions that it's her favorite, uh, and it makes me happy every time I... <laughs> Can you still see okay. me? I'm frozen on my end. Yes. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> yeah, it is my favorite Star Wars movie, and it will always be, and I'm unashamed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, none of us were alive in 1977. Um I don't. I don't believe. If you were, y'all look great. Uh, but how did how did this movie come into your guys' lives? What is the earliest memory? You know, and and what what made it what made it special? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll ask Sean first. Um, my earliest memory of it was actually um, a family member actually had the the originals on laserdisc. Uh, you know, which is obsolete at this point. But if you still have a laserdisc player, it's still an amazing way to watch movies. But um, that was the first time I saw A New Hope. Um, and then I remember also getting to see it um, when they re- when Lucas re-released them, the special edition VHSs. So that's like my childhood memory of the movies. Um, but it's all, it's just always comes back to, you know, happy memories and, and nostalgia. And, um, you know, it's always going to be up there um, as one of my favorites. Uh, Empire is my number one, but, you know, A New Hope always holds a special place in my heart, so... Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, how about you, Jessica? We'll, we'll wait for Han to come back. <laughs> um, so my parents saw it in the 70s and 80s, like all the movies, um, in their 20s. And so I just kind of grew up with Star Wars. Like, it was just something that we watched. Um, my earliest memory is probably... Off- honestly watching it um with i don't even know how old i was i was young but watching it with my dad's side of the family my cousins all of my male cousins um and they'd be like you be princess leia and then we'd like reenact everything and um so i just have really really great memories um from that movie from the beginning Hopefully you didn't have to kiss your siblings, uh, no, but that I would be. I was like, we don't reenact that that part. Uh, we can we can kind of gloss <laughs> over that. Um, the funny thing is, is I can't remember any time where it wasn't part of my life. Yeah. Um, like one of my very first memories is just seeing is where the Millennium Falcon is slowly pulling into the Death Star. And that scene is so beautiful and iconic in, like, the music. And it just just hits so hard there. Um, That it's so much serotonin whenever that happens. And I also got Nathan Wardrip here in the chat. He says it's such a classic, so many storytelling and tropes in it. 
It really blends sci-fi and fantasy into a unique genre. And that kind of goes to my, just my second question is what made it special. Like it was unlike anything else that, that was out at, at that time or for a very long time afterward, you know, there's always been, I guess, a connection to, to Star Trek, but they don't feel anything alike. Um, you know what I mean? That's like, to me, Star Wars and Star Trek is like uh, Dr. Pepper and root beer, where you're like, they don't taste the same, but like they scratch the same itch. You know, I know. Uh, how, how about you? What, what really makes it special? Either of you. I guess. I think Tim. Oh, go ahead. It, sorry. <laughs> it kind of goes back to um, with my parents, I think, just growing up with it. And um, they just hearing them talk about how different of a movie it was for them to see for the first time and how you know, it really changed movies for them um, and their fascination with it, I think really made it special to me. Um, and I've taken that obviously farther than they've ever thought um, I would, because I mean, they still like them, but I'm like a different level of a fan, you know, <laughs> compared to them <laughs> now. Um, and then I was just completely captivated with Leia as a little girl, um, just her her personality and her, she's just such a spitfire and everything about her. I just, I loved her so much. And so I just think it was just so different. And um, I don't know, it was a world I could get lost in, I guess. Yeah. And uh, what were you going to say, Sean? I think for me, it's just like how, it makes me feel. Um, it's just a huge rush of joy or serotonin anytime I watch the movies or the series or listen to the John Williams scores. And I just think that's cool how big of a you know pop culture phenomenon it's been over the past 45 years and how you know it brings so many of us together, you know, our unilateral you know, love for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and Han, I was asking, yeah. um, I asked uh, people their the first memory, you know, how how A New Hope came into their lives and what, what truly makes it special. Yeah, sorry, I dropped out for a second. Jessica, right when you said your screen froze, mine like completely went out and I was, oh, no. I was nervous. <laughs> I just refreshed uh, and I was like, so oh. I can see myself again, not that that matters, but. <laughs> of course it does. But I'm so glad I'm back because, again, thank you, Chaco. A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars film, so I'm so glad to be talking about it. My earliest memory is i don't know i was so young too young to really form memories but i found the vhs original trilogy set in my home like in a cupboard covered in dust and i just remember being scared of what was it vader a stormtrooper and yoda were on the cover and i remember darth vader like freaked me out but i was just so interested because it looked so it looked iconic before even watching it you know and I asked my parents if we could watch it. And of course they started out with a new hope and it was just like mouth agape, like, Oh my God, this is, this is amazing. What is this? And kind of ever since then, just been really attached to it. Um, what was your follow-up? What makes it what makes special? It special? Or, yeah. Uh, for me, I did this in my original review for uh, a new hope. I, I said, it's three things for me. It's, 
innovation, imagination, and adventure. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys about all the great things this did for cinema, um, but it also brought back like modern mythology telling and stories and just the adventurism that Lucas brings to not only this, but like Indiana Jones and other stuff he works on. It's, it's just a fun ride from beginning to end. And it's goofy. It's, it's weird. It's different and it's imaginative and it just, it feels good. You know, I mean the cantina scene, what there's so many cool things in there. It's just, there's always something cool every time you watch it. Like, even for like watching it with someone who'd never seen it before too, that's cool. Cause immediately they're like, not really into star Wars. And then you show them any of the movies and they see all these creatures and uh, lore and lightsabers. And they're just like, ah, you know? <laughs> so I don't know many things, but those are my three for, for what makes it special. Yeah. I, I come back to blue milk, blue milk is what <laughs> makes it special. And I say that, <laughs> As like a, a a metaphor that they Lucas tried to make a universe so different that even the milk is different. Like he went down to that level. It, who who does that? Like if that's not a practical thing to do. And if it was white milk, if it was white, we would assume it was milk. We would move on. But that's not that's not what he wanted to do. You know, you mentioned the cantina scene, and there's like there's so many different creatures and all this stuff and there's all the you don't have to do that no one no one is doing that type of stuff you know you uh, will if they put aliens in it usually it's really bad suits and there's like two other species and just a bunch of them no this was a this was a full-fledged like we we're not in kansas anymore and that's what uh, the the other thing, the Millennium Falcon, right? It's weird. He said, make it a hamburger and then just make it like it's a weird, it's a chunky ship. It's not smooth. It's uh, it's not symmetrical. Who who thought? You know what I mean? Like that being the idea for the ship is like what makes it special. And you you mentioned it being goofy. That's the best part. Like it's 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 camp. It's always been camp, <laughs> but it, but it needs it. I don't yeah. know. I just I, I I could talk all all day on it. Um, but you're right. He does that thing where you know he made the Millennium Falcon based around the idea of a hamburger, and it just takes things from our reality and uh, what is it called when you make it abstract or like hyper exaggerate similar to like animation uh kind of a re reflection on our world like even boba fett's ship is it yeah boba fett's ship it was the idea was given to the concept creators like hey base it off the lamp posts that are around la those iconic lamp posts or the the street lights and that's where that came from too so it's like getting into that iconography of it it's like everything is familiar but it's also different and new. And that's, it just, it reels you in, you know? Yeah. yeah. We, can all, we can also thank Ralph McQuarrie for that. True. <laughs> God uh, but like, it, in it, uh, but it's focused on, you know, repurposing all these things, but still telling this, the simple story that is timeless, right? It's a coming of age story. 
and there's no one anywhere that couldn't relate to that. Um, and then the music. Oh damn! No, I can I can keep going. I'll well I'll have to move <laughs> on, but we'll. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> well, my next question was was kind of what makes Star Wars Star Wars, and so we were kind of already talking about that. Um, I just wanted to add, you know. George wanted it to function as a silent movie, and it does. If you have no dialogue and you just watch the actions and the music, you know exactly what's going on. You know who the good guy is. You know who the bad guy is. The silhouettes are, are perfect in that. And, uh, yeah, that's what makes Star Wars Star Wars to me. Uh, how, how about you guys? What makes it different? Or if you've seen things, people will be like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. What is that feeling Uh, I'll go to uh, I'll go to Jessica first. <laughs> um, Star Wars for me um, is several different things. Um, I feel like behind you know the wars that are going on, behind the fantasy and sci-fi as aspects to it, it's the themes of the stories. Um, and so that's what really draws me to it, especially Redemption. Um, I love that theme throughout Star Wars, how a character can go so horribly wrong, but they still believe that there's good in you and that you can come back mm -hmm. and, you know, you can, um, you know, change your, your destiny. And, um, I love that so much. Um, I love the duality of Star Wars. It's not just like the, um, the light and the dark or good and evil of the force, but just how Lucas and everybody else has continued that legacy kind of has echoed it from being twin sons on Tatooine to there being a dyad in the force in, you know, the rise of Skywalker. Um, there's so many things that, you know, he says it's poetry, it rhymes. And I love that. Um, and I know that people really come and love it for like the found family aspect of Star Wars stories. And I love that too. But I just think that those things are kind of what draw me to it is that hope and redemption. And, you know, there's always hope. It's never over. You can change your fate, you know. Um, and I don't know, just the psychology of it all I really enjoy. Yeah, I, and that's that's why I love, like, whenever I see people with a wildly different Star Wars ranking than me, I get excited to talk to that person because I want to find out what's the through line to all of these films that make you really love them, right? Because we all see things from different uh, different point of view. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Sean, how about you? What makes Star Wars Star Wars? Um, <clears throat> I think it comes down to, you know, it's... A fantasy in space you know with space wizards but somehow it still feels um relatable and i think we can all find ourselves you know either in a character or in a theme from star wars um you know no matter which one you're looking at uh and to double down on the the um you know it's, it's poetry it rhymes and the uh, the found family aspect for me yeah i identify a lot with jabba the hut um how about you han <laughs> Um, I mean, to kind of echo what, what you, you all are saying too, um, I think it's kind of, for me, just about, um, idealism, uh, these characters, whether they're evil or, 
good or somewhere in the middle, they're all chasing this ideal that um, for perfection or balance or ultimate power and the whole background behind these ideals is that they're not really achievable. I mean, the Jedi uh, prequel era <clears throat> were trying to achieve balance. I know there's different points of view on what balance is, but um, it's never really achieved for them. And the same for, I guess, the villains with the rule of two, mm -hmm. um, different things like that. And just that's something that I relate to. You know, Luke, for example, for me, um, you know, he's he says, I'm never going to get out of here in A New Hope. You know, that's impossible talking about uh, some of their obstacles. And it eventually does become possible. He does leave Tatooine. And it's just about chasing that dream, you know, or just doing something with yourself, just making the impossible possible. Beautifully said. Um, yeah, I, I, I can relate to that as well. And for me, the big thing about Star Wars is, like I said, the granular nature with which it was created, where all of these characters do have their own points of views. They have their own agendas, their own pasts, um, and their own goals. And so these things that we didn't really get in the original you know, fables and mythologies, because a lot of the people are very one-dimensional, you know, because it's telling you this very specific thing. It gets so much deeper in Star Wars in all of its medium where, yes, Luke is, is the good guy. And but like what the other good guys, what what um, Obi-Wan and Yoda are telling him he needs to do is wrong. They're telling him you have to go kill that guy. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. He had to choose his own path, you know. That's that's not a thing in fables. It's you have to go slay this dragon, and you don't see him like fist bumping and becoming besties with the dragon, right? Darth Vader, the bad guy, right? You end up finding out this guy is a villain because he is a victim, and you know the concept that I don't know. There is no. What I get from it is that there's no absolute good. We all have to try to make the right choices. Um, from our perspective but there is evil and we have to make the choice to to be good to do the right thing but no matter how far we've gone down the right the wrong course you can still choose to be better than you were you know doesn't absolve you of your crime uh, and if vader survived he should spend the rest of his life in prison but th that's a whole different whole different topic <laughs> All right. Well, um, so uh, Star Wars is, is making a lot of different in, in new media right now. We're in the middle of Obi Wan. Um, uh, well, we have the last episode left. What is the? Um, what do we need to make sure we aren't forgetting in future Star Wars projects to keep it good, to keep it feeling like Star Wars, um, to keep our, our love? What's what's the DNA we need to make sure is in all Star Wars projects that we're going to get? Um, does that question make sense? Yeah. All right. Um, Han, you want to go first? And I'm actually going to put on some some background music here, so don't, don't sure. be startled. Um, well, for me, I mean, that kind of goes back to your what, what made special. Um, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself. <laughs> Sorry. The I think going forward, I think what 
Anyways. Your microphone keeps kind of going in and out for me. Does that sound like that for everyone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me check something. Okay. How's that? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yep. Sounds much better. Cool. Um, uh, just to kind of reiterate what I said before, I think going forward, I think Lucasfilm, Disney, Star Wars should look at the imagination again. Uh, not to say that they've lost it. Not at all. Um, and innovation, which they're doing with Mandalorian and other things like that. Um, kind of create world build some more, you know, um, which they've done really well in shows like The Mandalorian. And I think what people really love is getting new characters, mm-hmm. um, new timelines. People are obsessed with the High Republic era, you know, that's essentially all new ground that is being explored. And with things like all these new uh, LGBTQ characters that are coming out too, it, it just, I recently did a video talking about some of the fan favorite uh, queer characters. And I didn't even realize how cool some of these people are. Like, what was it, Sarek and Tarek? Were those yeah. the Bond twins? Sarek and Tarek, yeah. It's like, that's a whole new character, a brand new character with a really cool attribute to them. And it just, it opens up the world. And for more fans too, like now more represented people can appreciate different storylines. But uh, I think just keep expanding, keep growing, more characters. Uh, I don't think it can hurt, you know? Awesome. Love it. Uh, how about you, Jessica? Um, I think for me, as long as I agree with all the things that you just said, um, but added to that, I think Star Wars ultimately has to be about hope um, and, you know, the next generation. Um, and so I think that as long as that's continued, um, I mean, even one of the most depressing and sad Star Wars movies, Rogue One, ends with Leia talking about hope, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, that is the most important thing. Um, I I like things to be, you know, like, you can't be seamless from animation to live action. You just can't. But for them just to do the best they can with um keeping characters as consistent as they can um, and that sort of thing. I know that's really hard to do, but I think that's important, especially for the people that have loved and watched these animated shows and now they're getting to see these characters on live action. Um, I, I think it's important to make sure that you know, you're know you doing the due diligence to give these characters just as much as they deserve you know, regardless if they started out in animation or not. Um, but I, I think those are the, the main things for me. And I, I feel like Han has already said a lot of things that I was thinking as well. So. No, I think you said something really important that I didn't cover. And that was thinking about the next generation. I mean, what did George Lucas always say, right? The prequels are for 12 year olds. The original trilogy is for 12 year olds, but everyone can enjoy it. And that just, it made that generation grow into who they were going to be when they were adults and ultimately that's what george did with these movies i mean look at return of the jedi look at how much that film taught uh maybe all of us i know it taught me as a kid a lot you know about loss and um obstacles uh, obstacles and things like that so i love that point you made jess about thinking of the next generation that was great yeah, i think it's important because like we're some of us are prequel generation whether you like them or not like that's kind of <laughs> when we were kids and um i don't know i think it's just important especially with 
just to kind of piggyback on that with the newer movies, I know they've gotten a lot of hate as well. And they're, for me, like, obviously, like, little girls are, you know, that that speaks to my heart so much, you know, seeing how much they love Ray and different things like that. And so it always makes me really defensive of characters. I'm like, <laughs> no, but they're the new generation of kids. Like, it's their heroes, you know? So anyway, I think that's just important, too. <laughs> It makes me so happy to think that, like, also a little bitter, <laughs> but like, a, little kids can walk around Disneyland and see Ray and Kylo Ren and all this stuff—the the stuff that was new when they were coming out. And cause I, I, a lot of times, it's difficult for like a kid to go back and jump into a New Hope, you know. Um, yeah, so like you said about the next generation, that is awesome. Uh, it said consistency with world building and previous quality of costuming, set design, prop design, biggest immersion breaker is easily identified props. Um, I need more space for suits, damn it. <laughs> which is which is also very true. And I think there's there's interesting bits to it because like in uh, the Mandalorian where they made the blurgs run, they didn't they made it look like stop motion animation because <laughs> it would have looked too good had they done it and they needed that little bit of jank you know um i i just love that uh also but right before i go to obishan i will ask this question later on um i don't not sure if you're familiar with the book from a certain point of view it tells stories about these random side characters in the films and so if you could I'm gonna in the future. I'm gonna ask you if you could write one of those. What character would you pick, and and why? So you can keep that marinating on that. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Ron? Um, I think one through line that will always be important is the aspect of hope and and found family. Um, I think that resonates and transcends to the fandom itself. Um, and then you know, with the leaps and bounds that, that ILM has taken um, in advancing technology with Star Wars. I think it's you know important to remember we should occasionally you know focus on those more practical effects. I mean the volume has done wonders for the industry uh, that they use on the Mandalorian, um, but sometimes you like to see those practical effects. Um, I think sometimes technology can be a little dangerous uh, with you know what we're seeing with the the de aging and the face mapping. Um, I'd like to see the, uh, us eventually go back to um, you know actors playing the the original trilogy characters or characters in that time um i think it's at some point it's going to get a little bit a little bit weird so <laughs> I, i'd like to see you know practical actors take on 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 those roles but um other than that yeah yeah and just like a certain point of view podcast uh it's okay <laughs> so loving the majority of the shows we're getting right now they're filling in gaps uh, but Star Wars needs to move forward. I agree with that. I think treading the same water is great nostalgia bait, but also sometimes we can hold on to our childhood memories too tightly and are unable to embrace anything that might be different than how we thought of them. Um, it could very well be baked into the character and the stories and always been there, but it's not how we thought of them. And we might... Uh, have, have a hard time with that. But, all right. Let's talk about the movie itself. Um, first act, we get, you know, the opening scene all the way through, um, you know, 
all the way through the, all of uh, Tatooine, I got asked what jumps out at you guys. What are your favorite moments? Um, what's what's special about this? Uh, and I, I laugh thinking about George Lucas wanting to make Tatooine longer of just like like <laughs> two thirds of the movie are just the droids wandering in the desert. Uh, he's he's a madman, but I, but I love him. Uh, what, what what do you guys uh, enjoy about the first act? I'll start. Uh, for me, it's the um, like if you watch it for the first time, you have no idea where this is going, and that's what I love about it: just creating mystery and also it setting up the universe while it does it. The exposition in the first twenty minutes is it's so wonderful because that's when you're introduced to all the things we were talking about the the villain right at the beginning, the droids, and we don't even see Luke. What is it, 20, 21 minutes in or something like that? Mm -hmm. And, or rather than that, a human to connect with, uh, with actual lines of dialogue. We had Leia, but um, didn't say much. And I, I, some people who go back and watch it who are maybe younger than I am don't really have the patience for A New Hope. Um, but for someone like me, I'm, I'm just so captivated by it. The, the scope of the shots on Tatooine. The way it, the way it looks, the way it feels, the Jawas hiding in the canyon, uh, their point of view, all that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's gripping to me. It, it was it was different at the time, and it was totally something totally unique, and it just it just gets better and better as it goes. Yeah, I mean, there's a freaking great dragon skeleton like. You know, just it's the, those small touches. So shout out to uh, to Jedi Master to Paul. Thank you so much for for the ten dollar uh, ramen drop, as as we say. Um, we finally actually got to have ramen with uh, to Paul at celebration. But thank you, always always appreciate it. Um, yeah, how about you? Uh, how about you, Jess? You sound like you were saying something. Oh, I just I think Lucas just sets the scale instantly with. You know the shot of that star destroyer and i mean i remember even as a kid you know you see the bottom of it and it's just continuing you're like oh my gosh like this is in space and it's ginormous and then like you were saying you see that you know at the time you don't we don't know what the skeleton is but it's again ginormous you know and just like sand as far as you can see and so i just i think that the intros to characters are just so wonderful um you know what's happening you know kind of the plot like what you know what who you're rooting for who you're not you know you're kind of there already it's just such a great introduction to a movie um i love the droids so much i anthony daniels is just like incredible i don't still cannot comprehend how you can do so much and convey so much emotion and different things being in that costume mm -hmm. that he's in you know without facial expressions um and i don't know i just i enjoy the time with the droids and obviously we'll seeing leia for the first time um i don't know it's just a great opening to the movie i think yeah absolutely also, shout out to Diet in the Force, which is my other podcast uh, that I have with Element 7, another $5 drop. Um, always appreciate it because we just, I don't know, we just try, 
love sharing as much love in the community as we as we can. That's that's the whole goal. Um, I just also will say that the dialogue and the exposition, like it doesn't, um, it sets everything up perfectly without overdoing it. So it doesn't explain everything, but it also doesn't only explain things. So like they toss out that Obi-Wan was a general in the Clone Wars and you're like, the hell is that? And you're like, yeah, we're not, you're not going to find that out for 30 years. So don't worry about it. You know, uh, and then the universe was, was just so lived in. Um, uh, what, what do you think, Sean? Um, for me, I think like just the, you know, the opening crawl alone is so iconic. The, the first time you hear this, you know, the Star Wars fanfare and you get so much exposition in that text. Um, I love the banter between uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, even though you can't understand what R2-D2 is saying. He's just got so much uh, attitude and energy behind him. One thing that's always stood out to me in Act 1, though, is you know you see all these amazing costumes, and then you get to that scene with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru and Luke sitting at the table, and Beru just looks like she got her outfit, you know, off the rack at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been taking me right out in that like in that one scene. Uh, I always thought it was really funny. Uh, also, I think the best um, introduction to any character is Han. It's just Han oh, yeah. Solo. <laughs> like uh, the whole Cantina scene is just is just goaded. Um, and in, in my opinion, yeah, it just like it, like we all said, it just it does so much and establishes so much so quickly. Um, anything we we left out? Any any final thoughts on on that you want to hit on in this first act? Well, I, I think guess, of that cantina I, scene. And, oh, go ahead. Sorry. We keep doing this. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say that I I know I was thinking the same things like you were saying, Taco, about. Um, you know, the Clone Wars, and there's just, like, so many little things that are thrown out. You know, you've got even Han Solo talking about, you don't know what the Millennium Falcon is? Like, you know, this is what... And so I love how Lucas just literally intertwines these little stories into just the script where it doesn't seem like much, but you're like, what is that? And then for all these years later, for us to be able to pull from those and create more stories is just, I don't know, shows kind of the brilliance of, of Lucas and his mind and just his imagination. I just find it so fascinating. Yeah. And what were you going to say, Sean? I was going to say just in that cantina scene alone too, you get, you know, that cavalcade of characters and glup shadows that we get, you know, no explanation for, you know, off the bat, but later on Lucasfilm goes in and just like fills in all the gaps and creates little stories for all these like background characters. I always thought that was really cool. Because <laughs> like you look in the back and there's just an ant. It's just a big giant ant in the back. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, what is uh it's it just is so it's so cool. Um wasn't there some payoff for the ant character like in uh was it Mando season two? Or maybe it was season one. Uh, in season one, yes, yes. Yeah, but that's I don't know. It's so. Uh, Wait, see what that? was that? I missed it. Um, it does it does come back around. I can't remember exactly what it what it was, but it was in um. Uh, it showed up in the um. Ah, sorry, I can't remember. The like, episode. is he back in the background? Is that what you guys mean? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just shows I up in the background again. Back. I will have to go back and watch. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh we, we got to see our first little lightsaber inside of there. Um, thoughts on the special edition A New Hope? For it, against it. We just did an episode not too long ago. It was our first like live in-person episode because we all live in different places um, in the podcast that I, in a certain point of view. And... Um, so we watched the despecialized version. So as close as you could get, you know, kind of to the original that came out. And I don't know, like, I think that there are parts of it that I I like um, better how it is now. And then there's other things that I'm like, okay, that maybe would have been better if you'd left that alone. But I'm not super nitpicky on those things. So um, I'm fine with either way. Um, Again, like I said, I'm kind of awful at Star Wars. I love it. So <laughs> that's kind of my cop out on that. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I enjoy both of them. So yeah. <laughs> for me, I think it's I, I totally respect if George Lucas wants to go in and change some things he didn't get to do before, add special effects, stuff like that. But what's different about the Star Wars special editions versus other franchises such as Blade Runner, for example, there are six or seven cuts of Blade Runner, different special mm -hmm. editions. There's so many. My brother's obsessed with Blade Runner. He he's tell, he tells me about all the different details in each of them. But what's different about those is <clears throat> the consumer, the audience gets to have access to all seven versions. Um, people like us or casual viewers of Star Wars, it's not easy to find the original originals um there's things to appreciate in both i think uh but i definitely prefer the untouched unaltered versions uh, but i mean george lucas have been changing it like it's not like he did one change right i mean he went back yeah. in five twelve times after <laughs> mcclunky all this kind of stuff and it, he he kind of is darth vader at that point pray i don't alter it anymore <laughs> There's just a big CGI dinosaur that slowly walks across the screen, and you're like, this is insane. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Uh, Sean, your thoughts? I, I love some aspects of it. Like, you know, we get closer looks at some creatures, like the Dubaks, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, but like Nate was saying in the chat, you know, it started the infamous, you know, who shot first debate. Um, I would say my least favorite specialized version was probably Return of the Jedi. I thought there was just so many unnecessary ads to that one. But overall, you know, I could go either way. But it was cool seeing the originals on Laserdisc before they started uh, changing it up. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. All right. So um, we'll jump to the second act, right? So they, they escape most Eisley uh, and get pulled into the Death Star into what I think is the top five most iconic scenes in Star Wars, which is the Falcon pulling into the Death Star very slowly with the mute fanfare like rising up, and it is so badass. Um all the Death Star stuff. What what jumps out at you guys uh, from that? We'll start with Sean this time. Um well right before that obviously like Alderaan's destroyed. I think one thing that 
it's always been missed is you know seeing Leia mourn her home her home planet or the planet that you know she grew up on. We never really get to see that at least you know on film. Um, I think it's covered a little bit in some of the novels, but we just never really get to see the the repercussions of that and how she deals with that um, on film. Uh, but I mean, yeah, the Death Star scenes are probably some of my favorite in in A New Hope. You know, every every frame is iconic. Yeah. And Han? Uh, for the Death Star stuff, um, actually, to jump off something you said, Sean, um, about uh, Alderaan blowing up, that also brought us like one of the best Obi Wan Kenobi lines. Like, sounds like a million voices screamed out in terror, and then we're suddenly silenced, or something like that. I love that line so much. Um, but the Death Star stuff, um, just the setup, like when they're when they're pulling in, they're like we're we're being pulled into that moon. That's no moon. And it's like, Oh, what is it? Like, right. It's really cool. And the, when they get inside and the, um, they impersonate stormtroopers as a cover and searching for Leia. I love it. My, this is in this act is actually my favorite part of this movie when they get into the jail cell and someone comes in over the intercom and Han's trying to act casual by talking to them and then he just shoots the message he's like boring conversation anyway i don't know why but that gets me every time i absolutely we're, we're all it. fine here now uh how thanks are how are you yes <laughs> yes how are you and you just and, you, yes we're gonna have cup uh yeah <laughs> that's like how i approach most of my conversations and <laughs> or how i wish i could and then of course the real introduction of Leia right after like we get to see her personality more like as far as like a, a leader um someone who doesn't take any bull and um yeah I think the second act is probably my favorite part it's where the humor really comes out you know mm -hmm. um but it's got some of my favorite moments for me uh the camp on the Death Star is so perfect like I, I talk about all the time now but Han chasing stormtroopers down the hallway and and you're like why are they running <laughs> I don't, it's just such a funny scene and, and of course that leads into his shoulder charge move in uh battlefront 2 and you know um hey but you know what that's a I good example of head coming out of like where they're hiding in the falcon he just like casually pets his head <laughs> <laughs> and what were you gonna say on Oh, I was just gonna going back to the special editions when Han is running down the hallway and turns around. He's being chased by stormtroopers. I think that's actually a a good representation of a, a positive that came from the special editions because he added more stormtroopers and it made it a little bit more believable that they would turn around. You know? Yeah. Uh, when they're in the trash compactor and it stops and they're celebrating and C three is like they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just, a top C-3PO moment for sure <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that was always terrifying to me as a kid watching I was so scared I yeah. was more scared of what was in that water than I was Darth Vader like it terrified me <laughs> oh the Dianoga love it <laughs> Um, that's a weird from a certain point of view story there's a story from the point of view of the Dianoga and it's weird, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, anything to add? 
Um, I also love how right now, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is adding so much depth to a lot of the scenes, especially like on the Death Star uh, that we get out of those episodes. Like, you know, when Luke rescues Leia, her saying Ben Kenobi or, you know, the little smaller things like, you know, Ben tricking the stormtroopers by, you know, using the force or uh, the little, you know, the comm links. Uh, Just the little nods are really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And in Obi-Wan, I laughed so hard when he gets out of the water and comes in the door and he's perfectly dry. And you're like, <laughs> it ain't that kind of movie, kid. Like, I, <laughs> made me so happy. With, uh, kind of like you were saying, Sean, with the, the show, watching Obi-Wan, one of the things I noticed in, in these parts as well as as soon as Vader hears that Leia, it, someone broke her out of her cell. He goes, Obi-Wan is here. And I just find that so interesting now watching the show because you're like, oh, he rescued her before. Like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I found that line so much more interesting um, re-watching today after seeing some of the, you know, watching Obi-Wan. Yeah, she's like Ben Kenobi is here. Uh, yeah, yeah. But even like... Vader, it, from to yeah. me, I never even thought about Vader going Obi Wan. Like it confirmed to him that he was here, that Leia had escaped. You know, like even though Obi Wan didn't even do it, <laughs> but still, I just found that very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also have uh, this comment on our Twitch: that feeling of not knowing what will happen, the suspense and wonder, such a blissful feeling. Yeah, uh, that's. That would be amazing to be able to go back and rewatch it for the very first time. Um, all right, let's. Uh, uh, and, sorry, this has been too awesome of a conversation, so I've been uh, dawdling a little bit. But <laughs> let's just jump into the uh, let's jump into the the third act, um, and and what jumps out at you guys, you know, uh, kind of from after they escape. Um, and it's like, they let us go. Like the way she says it, Carrie Fisher is just a, a treasure. Uh, but yeah, from there till the end of the film, you know, what what jumps out at you guys? I'll go to uh, Han first. Um, you know, what's funny is when I was a, uh, when I was a kid watching this, um, the third act was actually my least favorite. I actually didn't enjoy the trench run and stuff like that. I think because it felt a little too... Oh, what's the right world? Uh, almost historical, like the whole World War II dogfighting mm-hmm. type stuff. I, of course, love it now. Love the hell out of it. But um, what I think is, I just recently watched Top Gun Maverick, which I was hesitant to go into. Have you guys seen it? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. Top Gun Maverick is a new hope. Almost beat for beat. Not even joking. <laughs> Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, I'm not surprised. think about the trench run and everything that happens in those last 15 minutes on the trench run. The exact things happen beat for beat at the end of Top Gun. It's that movie incredible for me, and I did like the original Top Gun. Anyway, um, I I love it. It really, you know, it's it on all those setups that happened in the beginning of the movie, right? Introducing the Force, right? But it also adds adds to it like obi-wan can still commune to luke through that so it's like luke can now use the force a little bit but he there's also a a next level obi-wan is still 
around spiritually and can communicate with them. And it it keep it just keeps adding wonder to things that are already wonderful. And it's it just gets better and better. And you know, it's always it's always really nice when there's a nice giant explosion at the end of a movie and everyone can just scream, <laughs> Yeah. You know? Um it's it's wonderful. I, I think the ending is great, especially that classic when they're walking down the um that that chamber they're in and they get their their medals except chewy um it just feels good the music everything it it ends on a high and man it's it's great it's just great <laughs> it, it also and kind of throughout this it introduces how much of an obvious theater kid uh, anakin is um <laughs> because you know everything the way he kind of like throws his cape when it needs like a presence I have not felt since. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> why is he so dramatic? You know, but the final. Sassy man. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, when Obi-Wan disappears and he's like kicking the. <laughs> his, his... Kicking the coat. Yeah. He's like, is he in here? And you're like, <laughs> Anakin. But uh, in the trench run, it gives my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Vader quotes of just going, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, every now and then uh, someone says, I'm so, what? It just makes me happy. Um, I can't wait to watch uh, to watch Top Gun Maverick, though, now. That, that makes me really excited for it. Um, how about you, uh, Sean? Um. <clears throat> So I think the movie as a whole, and especially like the second and third act, solidifies, you know, Tarkin as one of the, you know, biggest villains in Star Wars of all time. And honestly, like, you know, the first few times I'd watched the movie, um, you know, Tarkin almost scared me a little bit more than, than Vader did. Um, the trench run actually unlocks a really deep memory, and this might show my age a little bit, but um, <laughs> actually one of the very first Star Wars games was for like one of the original like Mac computers, and it was just like black and green you know lines and stuff but you could actually you know play that last act of the movie where they do the trench run and you're flying through the trench and you shoot the the photon torpedo um but yeah I, i'd agree with uh, han though it's, it's probably my least favorite act of the the movie um but it does end on a high note which is really cool and kind of sets us up for um for empire yeah uh okay hot take it doesn't actually have an ending. Like the thing blows up and then they're like celebration. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the yeah. ending is, is just very ab abrupt, which is, isn't a bad thing, but I, I also just kind of love how, um, you know, like you say, it keep, keeps giving us wonder with more and more with the force. Um, and it also just like, it just gives us stuff, you know, yeah, he Luke showed up, and then they're like, "Get this man an X-wing. We're gonna send him into into battle." And you're like, "An active warrior? That's weird." But I don't know. It just it just works, you know. I. And he was smoking womp rats. This T sixteen. Yeah, uh, I still I still love it. Uh, how about you, Jessica? Um. So I was kind of the opposite. As as a kid, I loved the third act. Um, I was kind of sitting on the edge of my seat, kind of like, what's going to happen, you know? Um, 
And I think that's why, like, in uh, Phantom Menace, I love the Padres so much. Is because, oh, yes. Like, it, it, like, brings me back kind of to that, like, intense moment of just, like, watching the screen and, and going, what's going to happen, you know? Um, everything just kind of else around you just kind of, like, fades out, you know? Um, and I don't know. I just, I love how the movie how it ends but like you know there can be so much more and then we know that there is more and so that's like great for us I couldn't imagine what it would be like seeing it and being like what happens you know what comes <laughs> next what are all these things like is there gonna be another one you know um and oh, the costumes at the very end are just absolutely superb like Han and Luke's outfit and Leia's outfit. I mean, I wish they had used those again in the <laughs> movies at some point. They were just great. Like, I think maybe Luke wears that jacket again. I'm not sure, but I love I love fashion and costumes and all that kind of stuff. So that just like gets me in all the places. I love um, the choices that they made for that. It just you feel the importance of uh, what just happened and them getting medals. Other than poor Chewie, which, you know, he gets later, but still not the same. <laughs> but anyway, it's just, you know, the, the regal us of it. And I remember going to uh, Galaxy's Edge and they had Leia's necklace from that scene. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want that. But I'm like, when am I ever going <laughs> to wear that? Never. <laughs> but still, um, I don't know. Even just as a little girl, just being like, so fancy you know that they they save the world kind of you know galaxy whatever but um i don't know i just i i enjoy the whole movie i think i i'm glad lucas chose this one to be the first one because i think it's the perfect little you know toe dip in the water of um a taste for star wars and um it might be a harder place for like kids now to start with them because um it is a little bit slower paced i think than movies that they're used to um things are a lot more fast paced now um but for me it's always gonna be the original movie and the original thing that got me into star wars and it it will always be my favorite so i just love this movie yeah um, chocolate i did want to sorry I did want to go back to what you said about it not really being, you know, a real ending. And I do think that's like really interesting because, you know, there was so much uncertainty about how the movie would perform. That was a really like interesting place to leave that film, considering, you know, the Emperor still existed. The Empire was still out there. They just destroyed one of their, you know, large battle stations. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the positive changes, I do believe, is... If I'm not mistaken, Vader's ship doesn't stop flipping um, no. out of frame at, a, at any point in time. And as a kid, I thought he was just flipping out there forever. You know what I mean? I was like, that's how space works, right? He's just <laughs> he's just spinning out there, you know. But they, they, now they show him <laughs> right it. So I know. I, how I great like was that? Much. That even if this was, even if this wasn't as successful as it was, and there was only one film, it it still it could conclude vader's story there like m maybe he just died out in space he just never stopped spinning as you say <laughs> and he just ended up passing away right um but it was successful One million and... years later <laughs> <laughs> yeah and but it was like successful and they're able yeah 
um, but it's it's nice how it could have worked either way. I think that was a smart move on on uh, the team's creative approach. Yeah, speaking of the team, I'm actually really really excited for the Lucas film for the um, ILM documentary that they're making. Yes, because um, it sounds wild. You know, when you look at all the stuff that George Lucas did, it seems like a like a given, like a no brainer. But he went against so many norms in making this movie and the way that he did things uh, to where like he couldn't even go through the proper channels because he had already broken so many of the rules. And so the stories of ILM just being like a bunch of 20 year olds like on a farm just trying to make stuff and not knowing how it's going to work, like, and having to figure it out from scratch. Like it's it just sounds so punk rock um, that, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to, I can't wait. Were to you at out. the, um, the panel for that at celebration? Yeah. 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 yeah I was hearing them talk about it. I was already excited for it, but I think it's really going to get personal because, you know, Larry knows all of them on a personal level. And so it's like, it'll be a better a better show if, if some outside outsourced documentarian crew was, was making it. So the fact that it's done in house, I think it's gonna be really special. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so cool. And, and the way that it, ex- it's inspired the greatest thing that came out of star Wars in, in my opinion is the way that it inspired all creative people moving forward for all time. Um, yeah, nothing will ever be the same. And people get to grow up and start to work on these, which I do believe, also believe is a two-edged sword. Because if you get people working on projects and they weren't fans of the prequels, that, that won't be represented. And if that's what the people watching want to see, then they will feel you know left out. And I know some people now, if they got hired, they wouldn't represent the sequels because they don't like them. Uh, it's 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 kind of an interesting give and take, but I don't know I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I want to to move forward. Uh, any any final thoughts on a new hope? Things that uh, that we missed that we need to, to bring up? Editing. Uh, you know, this was the only Oscar nomination for a Star Wars film. Editing. Uh, well, also I think Best Picture, but it didn't win. It actually won for editing and uh it is remarkable in this film i mean the fact that it's it's completely the um the construct of it is completely different than the shooting script as far as like its continuity and the order in which scenes take place um marcia lucas you know she kind of led that post-production department and um i don't recall the editor's name if any of you do do you remember who was the lead editor I do not. I just but, know that Marcia took the reins on that. So, yeah, she did, and I, I, she did a fantastic job. There's, there's a, a touch to the editing of this film that is not seen in Empire and Return of the Jedi. Not to say that they're worse, but it, it, the pacing of it is so unique. Like, like we talked about, it, it opens up with an opening that we hadn't seen in a, a film before. The cold open where we don't even get main characters until 20 minutes following droids establishing world building all this kind of stuff uh, it was done really well you know it's there's a lot going on but the movie doesn't feel complex it's it's told very well yeah i think it would have been really interesting to see like what the other films would have you know the end result would have been if Barsha was allowed to edit you know all nine films too. 
but at the same time, I felt like like the prequels just did their own thing and they were eschewed any sort of formula in a way that I think benefited the universe. And I don't know if we would have gotten that, but I don't know. We'll we'll have to have to wait and see. Um, but uh, yeah, and and kind of um, you know closing up here. Um, I have to ask if you guys could. Well, the two questions: if you could greenlight any new Star Wars project, uh, what would you make? And then the next one is the from a certain point of view one. If you could tell a story from any random person can't be a main character random person in the universe um whose story would you tell and do you have any idea what it'd be about all right i'll go to uh i'll go to jessica first i'm gonna pick the same for both <laughs> um <laughs> infus nest i just am so fascinated with that character in solo and i would just love to know more about Every, I don't know, just everything. <laughs> I find it so fascinating. So, um, hey, in another solo movie, I'd do it. I'd pretty love that. So would you want a movie or like a series with that character? I don't know. Um, I think a movie, just because it would be nice to get another Star Wars story movie. Um, and I, I don't know if there would be enough or need to be as much content for a complete show. I think it could be told in a good way in a movie, like her backstory, how that, how that crew is set up, you know, how they're working against things, like all of that. I just, um, I think it, it could do a movie. I think that could work. Awesome. Sorry, I'm not I trying to it. cop out by using the same, but kind of am. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, how about you, Sean? Um, I'd actually stick in that same era. Um, I would really would have loved to see the, the completion of that whole, like, Solo's a Star Wars story and, like, the Crimson Dawn story. Um, you know, following up with uh, Han's first smuggle for Jabba and then, you know, the follow-up with Kira and Darth Maul. In that whole story um and then i think from a certain point of view and that's a hard one um more kira <laughs> <laughs> more kira for sure yeah. i was trying to think of someone else but it's not really coming to me so. always always more kira uh, amelia clark is so awesome <laughs> <laughs> um my my latest thought for a from a certain point of view um has been essentially the last day for um for salacious crumb just that last like like it's a, it's a day in the life of salacious crumb he's just chilling with java he's laughing all the time he's just having fun it goes on the barge things don't don't work out for well for the people on the barge but um I just think it'd be hilarious to try and see the world through his uh, beady, terrifying little eyes. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Han? Um, as far as green lighting, uh, you know, that's a that's a really tough question. Um, something I've always wanted to see explored more. 
would would be anything lore based just learning more about the universe but i think specifically not necessarily the original drafts that lucas had for a sequel but ideas from that i really am fascinated when he him and dave did the the wills episodes in clone wars Mm -hmm. um i've always had this weird uh idea of something i imagined in star wars as a a old wizard type record keeper who lives in the center of the universe similar to kind of how that loki show went down just someone who keeps tabs on everything that happens and it can kind of play on that theory that r2d2 is like the person or the droid telling the star wars story because he's been in all the movies and stuff um i don't know something lore based something getting into i guess origins of this world how what do they view as like the people in this world what do they view as like their higher power deity more about the force things like that between world stuff in there too yeah totally see i mean stuff like that like maybe there's maybe they go to a different galaxy that's they don't have lightsabers or sith users maybe it's something different something like that uh point of view um i don't know if it counts on your criteria you gave but mace windu and i'm yeah. i don't know if that counts because they've been books and stuff but he's my my favorite character in star wars and more of him the better you have chosen wisely my friend <laughs> yeah i got i got my uh, mace saber behind me too nice that's beautiful it is beautiful right next to my porg (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as far as um, the green lighting my my favorite thing and I I mean I have a lot of things I would like to green light but as the pod once podcast says Dexter Jetster I I need I need a a Dexter origin film Um, show like a cheer style show. I yes, like. I was going to say that. That'd be great. <laughs> the premise I've been putting out is that um, he's clearly in the witness protection program, right? That's why he knows about these cloning. He knows about toxic darts. He he knows all of this. In in the new book, Brotherhood, he's is part of who teaches Obi Wan about diplomacy <laughs> and like negotiations. <laughs> uh, you know he had a crazy life, and so I want him to just be the diner owner who's trying to like protect his neighborhood um, and heal people through food and stories and all this stuff. And then we have like a, a criminal element, you know. Um, uh, someone's is moving in, trying to take over the neighborhood, and maybe people uncover that he was like an agent or something in the past, and he has to like fight off the whole city block with just like the locals there. I think that would just be the best. I love how um, Pongrel is just like the antithesis of Dex. Like they're just like two opposite sides <laughs> of a coin. Absolutely. Uh, have B Dazzler, I want a POV of Obi Wan's barber. If I want to be like. I want a mullet. And Barbara's like, okay. (laughs) Are there barbers in space? I mean, there's got to be. Someone did that to (laughs) Obi-Wan. 
Uh, awesome. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming out and for talking with me uh, about about a new hope and Star Wars. This has just been super fun. Um, I love having these conversations with this other content creators. So you guys were all welcome back on. If there are other stuff you want to talk about, I will get you on on for a Mace Windu specific episode because yeah. he gets. <sighs> He gets disrespected. He doesn't deserve. Okay, okay. All I right. agree. I'll put my foot down there. Anyhow, the Clone Wars show for me is what made me not like him. <laughs> oh, but he was right though. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> mean to Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, if we can, uh, we'll go around one last time. If you guys can. Um, once again, say where we can find you and your amazing content. Uh, if you have any closing thoughts, and um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> where we can find you and any closing thoughts that we might have missed on Star Wars, on A New Hope, on any of this stuff. Uh, I'll go to Obi Sean first. Uh, you can find most of my content on TikTok, obi.sean underscore Kenobi. Um, same name for Instagram and YouTube. Um, Instagram could use a lot of love, so uh, Chaco and Diet Army, do your thing. And then um, I haven't filmed any content for YouTube yet, but I do have a channel. So if you want to support me, you can subscribe to that. Um, as far as just the, the podcast overall, um, it's really awesome to talk about the movie that started it all and started our love for Star Wars. So it was amazing talking to all of you guys about that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Been trying to have you on for a while. Um, so yeah, yeah, nice, nice. And I'll be on. I'll be on the um, Obi Wan Kenobi series synopsis. I think two Saturdays from now um, with you in Element. Oh, on the awesome! Can't wait. And uh, Han. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks again for having me, Chaco, uh, Jessica, Sean. It was so nice meeting you guys. I I'm gonna follow you both right now and check out your stuff. And maybe we can. I'll have another conversation sometime in the future. Um, yeah, everything for me is at Han Talks first, YouTube, podcast. Um, I love meeting new people, so reach out to me. Uh, TikTok as well. I'll be doing um, my Obi-Wan review tomorrow, probably live. So if you want to say hey, feel free to come by. And Chaka will have you back sometime soon as well. Awesome. appreciate it. Oh, I, I mean, did you, did you want to talk at all about... Um... A better murmur oh thank you wow um yeah i'm i'm also a filmmaker uh, and i recently just uh my um a project i was working on last year uh premiered last weekend uh, at a film festival and i did the music for it and it's getting um a another distribution this upcoming weekend um, but if you guys want to see that, I post it on my Instagram too. I don't know when it's going out to other theaters around the country, but I'll post it whenever we get the news about it. But hey, thanks for letting me share that. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was a horror film, by the way. Congrats. That's amazing. Thank awesome. you. That's super cool. Um, I, I may need to have you on for an upcoming music episode. I was. Oh. Yes. Uh, last but certainly not least, Jessica. Um, I am on Instagram. It's just Jessica McNair. And then I'm also a part of um, the podcast, A Certain Point of View. 
Um, and our Instagram and TikTok is a certain point of view POV. And then we also have a Twitter and it's, I think, certain point of view underscore POV or something like that. I can't remember. One of the other guys does the Twitter. So I need to look and double check. We can put that up here <laughs> so I don't have it wrong. <laughs> um, and then um, we also have a Facebook discussion group as well, a certain point of view podcast. Um, so I have enjoyed being on here so much. Um, I'm a little bit newer to this world, so it's it's definitely a pleasure to be on here. Um, kind of a, a hidden fan for a while and then hit my 30s and thought, you know, why not just be a Star Wars nerd? Like, just do it. So Hell yeah. here I am. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me. This was so fun. It was so great um, meeting um, on you and Sean as well. So this was really enjoyable. Awesome. All right. I appreciate it. Once again, thank everyone, everyone in the chat here. We have uh, Zalusa Mayor. We have Luke from the Pod Ones podcast. We have B Dazzler, who, by the way, runs um, farfarawayfactory.com. Does amazing stuff. Um, can make anything you want. Like I've seen the Revenge of the Sith jackets and stuff like that. Or if you just want, you know, Lego Han Solo earrings. Uh, she, she's got you covered. Got Nate Wardrip. Um, we have um, just just an awesome group of people here. So thank you everyone in the chat. I appreciate this community and just be able to talk and nerd out with y'all. So once again, thank you and may the force be 